Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 62, why trying hard isn't the same as working effectively. You turn in a paper that you've stressed over, you get it back, and the grade is way lower than what you expected. You expected an A, and the C plus seems like a slap in the face. How is this grade fair? I tried so hard on this paper. And it hurts when you put in effort and your grade doesn't measure up, that's true. But trying hard isn't the same thing as putting in the work you need to put in so your work is quality work. Now, effort does matter. It just depends on what kind of effort we're talking about. If you put in focused, effective effort, then yes, effort matters. If you're doing things that are productive steps toward a goal, then effort counts. However, too many students think that worrying, stressing out, or doing busy work is the same thing as trying hard. Those aren't productive activities, and you won't get credit by worrying every night or stressing out more. The professor has no way of assessing how hard you tried. The only way a professor can see how much work or effort you put into an assignment is by looking at what you turned in. So think of it like this. If you were a supervisor and three of your subordinates each turned in a new project proposal, and one of the proposals was so bad that you had to rewrite it before you showed it to your boss, would you give the guy who wrote it a raise because he was trying hard? How about when your boss asks you next, you know, six months later, we got to lay somebody off. Who are we going to lay off? Would you let that guy stay just because he tried hard? It works the same way in college. Trying hard doesn't mean anything if it doesn't produce results. So I can hear you asking, well, then what does produce results, Adam? Well, managing your time, following the instructions you're given, and focusing on the work, not on the grade. Remember that your professors are not there with you as you go through your work or writing process. We are with you in class. We're with you when you meet with us in our office hours, whether that's virtually or in person. But we're not next to each of our students as they write. So we can't see how hard each student is trying or how stressed they get. We can only evaluate the work that we have submitted to us. Now, most professors are sympathetic to student effort and we understand it's stressful, but we can't grade based on that because generally stress out and try hard, they're not gonna be on any set of instructions. They're not gonna be in the rubric, students stressed out for six minutes or six hours or two days or whatever. That's not something we can evaluate. What we can see is your improvement and your progress as you do your work if you work with us. For example, you got to come to office hours, have us review your work and offer feedback, and then work our feedback in. Think of it this way. If a doctor misdiagnoses a patient, how's the patient going to react when the doctor tells them, but I tried really hard? Or when a lawyer loses a case, because few lawyers, if anyone, goes undefeated in court. How will their clients react to, but I tried really hard? The clients and the family or patients aren't going to be very happy with that because effort is expected. It's taken for granted. And on a personal note, 
generally when someone has to say that they're working hard, they're not necessarily showing that effort because people who work hard are not concerned with what others are seeing. They're concerned about that final product, that final outcome, and they let their work speak for themselves. So how can Adam and I help make your effort shine through? Well, first, you got to work on your time management. And I know we've said this in multiple episodes. We've got a whole series on time management, which I suggest you go back and look at. But you've got to make sure that you are addressing each assignment quite a while before it's due. Not two days, maybe two weeks, so that you can do your best work on it. Give yourself the time to do the work you need to do. Try to approach an assignment not as one big thing to accomplish in one sitting in one fell swoop, but as a set of steps. Break it down into those steps. Work that requires critical thinking, and that's most work that you're going to do in college, it will never be doable in one sitting. That feeling that you don't have enough time to get your work done, huge contributor to stress. It's a huge contributor to the impression you get that I've worked really hard because I've been so stressed out because I haven't had enough time, but that's not actually something your professor can evaluate, is it? Because we can't see it. So take the work when you first get an assignment, even if it's not due for four weeks, break it up into small steps, give yourself enough time to do each step, and make sure you're putting focused effort toward each and every step when you're doing it. Oh, second, if you find yourself stressing out about the project or assignment, sit with the stress. What are you stressing about exactly? Is it that you don't understand what you need to do? Or are you worried about your grade? Finding the source of the stress will help you identify what you need to do to fix it. If you're confused, go over the assignment with a classmate and then go to the professor for help. If you're worried about your grade, review our episodes 21, 47, and 48, where we talk about what grades mean in college. If the stress is something else you can address, then address it, make it happen. And if it's something out of your control, Remind yourself you've handled everything life has thrown at you up to this point, so you can probably handle this too. Finally, if you find yourself obsessing about the grade, and a lot of students do, stop yourself. Actually say it out loud. Stop that. Make a conscious, deliberate decision to focus on the work instead. And 15 minutes later, if the worry about the grade comes creeping back, stop yourself again. Make another conscious decision to focus on the work instead. And you'll have to keep doing this for a while. It's not something where you could just say stop at once and your psyche will say, oh, okay, I'm not going to worry about my grade. But like anything else that leads to success, it's something you have to practice. This is no different than practicing a particular baseball pitch or a particular football pass. And research has shown that when people are focusing on their grade or the reward or a paycheck, they stop doing the things that are necessary to get the grade or the reward or the paycheck, namely the work. And there's a book by Dan Pink that you should read on this. It's called Drive. You should also look up his RSA Animate. It's also called Drive. Look up Drive by Dan Pink. And he talks about how when people are too focused on the reward, they stop doing the things they need to do to get there. And namely, that's the work. So focus on the work and the grade will show up. And you'll be amazed at how much less stress you have and how much better your grades become when you start focusing on the work you're doing instead of the grade you're worrying about. Focusing on the grade instead of the work, that's kind of like a basketball player focusing on the scoreboard instead of on his jump shot. 
You can't focus on the jump shot if you're looking at the scoreboard. You have to look at the backboard, the net, and the ball. And remember, you're not going to be graded for how much time you put in or how much effort you expended or how much stress you felt or how many sleepless nights you had because we can't evaluate any of that. You're going to be graded on the quality of what you turned in on your work product. So it's best to focus on the work. Now, I've had students come to my office hours and tell me, oh, I tried really hard. I tried really hard. And then I asked them what that meant. And it turns out that tried really hard means I stressed out. I stressed out a lot. I shuffled a lot of notes. I, um, I, I rewrote my notes and I, I, I tried to find more sources and I was stressing out and I was sleepless. And that's fine, but that's not something I can evaluate. Or they would say, I spent 12 hours on this without a break. Well, first of all, that means you're doing it at the last minute, which is not a good idea. And secondly, you didn't work for 12 hours. You probably stressed out for 10 hours and then you put on, you know, maybe two hours of work. And I would ask these students how they expected me to see them stressing out or the time they put in if it wasn't reflected in the work they turned into me. And eventually most of them, not all of them, some of them were really adamant, but most of them admitted, okay, I could see that you can't tell that I was up until three in the morning, you know, biting my nails down to the quick over this paper every night, but they still wanted credit for it. So you need to recognize this is not a realistic expectation. I can't see how much stress you felt. I can't see how much time you spent. I can't even see how you spent that time. All I have is what you turned in. So you've got to make sure you've met the standards set in the assignment guidelines. And by the way, teachers, make sure you provide those standards. Every assignment you give should come with at least a one-column rubric that states what's got to be done in order for the assignment to meet the standards. If you're not giving your students that information, it's no wonder they're stressing out. Years ago, I was TAing, and I think it was a juvenile delinquency course. It might have been criminology. But I had a student who turned in an absolutely awful paper. It was trash. The assignment was to write six to ten pages discussing theories from this class, explaining them, applying them to a movie. And the paper the student gave me was about four pages long and had absolutely nothing from class. At best, I got a four-page movie review. And I gave that student a grade of 66% because, well, they gave me two-thirds of the minimum pages, I gave them two-thirds of the points. And I couldn't be any more generous than that. The student wasn't happy. They were upset at me because they tried really hard, they stressed out, and they went to the professor. They appealed the grade. The professor looked, looked over the paper and said, them stressing out didn't mean that they were trying hard. And even if they tried really hard, this was not a paper that followed the instructions. And because of that, the 66% was too high of a grade. The professor didn't have that much sympathy for the student. So just telling people, I stressed out or I tried really hard, if it doesn't follow the guidelines, telling us this makes us sympathetic, but it doesn't mean that we're changing the grade. And I can understand where some of this comes from. I mean, in our society today, although this may be changing now with the change to the workplace in, you know, given the pandemic, a lot of people took a lot of pride in saying, oh, I'm so stressed out. Oh, I'm working so hard. Oh, I'm not getting enough sleep. And those were marks of honor. Those were badges that said, look, I work harder than anyone else in my department, and that's why I'm going to get the cushy raise and the corner suite. And that may be changing. But if you are anywhere between the ages of 18 and 80 
in this society, you have been inculcated with this idea that hard work means you need to be exhausted at the end of it. You need to be stressing out during it. If it's easy to do, it can't possibly be work. And there are people who have followed their passions and they're making tons of money doing it. And they will, they will get imposter syndrome like Denor talked about in another episode where they're like, I can't possibly be doing hard work. This is too easy. I like it too much. I'm having too much fun. And I've had students come to me and say they enjoyed my class, but they just didn't feel that they got challenged by it. I'm all, you got an A in this class. And they're all, yeah, but writing your papers was easy. So I couldn't have learned that much. We have this real bias against not beating ourselves up. We want to beat ourselves up. We want to drive ourselves into the ground. So students, here's some ways that you can use this information to maybe make it less stressful and more productive when you're working on assignments. The first thing is get engaged in your classes, not in terms of getting engaged to be married, but student engagement. Let us know that you care about the class. Ask questions. Participate. Show us some effort in the classroom. Show us that you're not just sitting there trying to absorb and never respond. And the second thing is if we give you directions for an assignment, whether they're in the syllabus or a separate handout or ideally both, read them. Read them carefully. Read them closely. And listen to your teachers in class. Depending on the project or the assignment, there may be some room for creativity. But we're all still looking for certain things in your paper or your presentation or your project, whether that means content you got to cover or how you've got to present it. For example, if you're giving a recorded presentation for a communications course, there are going to be certain things you have to do, or both. Ask us for feedback on your work. Come with your questions. And come with questions about specific areas. Don't say, I need help with my paper, and leave it at that. Tell us something like, I'm having trouble understanding Merton's strain theory and how that's different from Agnew's strain theory. Or, I'm really struggling and I'm trying to figure out how to write a clear thesis statement. Because when you give us these guidelines, that lets us focus our attention to the area that you may feel weakest so that we can help you strengthen it. Look over the feedback you get on your drafts too and work it in as you revise. No, you don't have to take every single suggestion. But if your professor gave you feedback, you can bet that they're looking to see, was the advice heated? or ignored. And if it was ignored, did you improve the paper in a different fashion? And I want to say something about this too, about coming with questions about specific areas that Denor just mentioned. Trust me, we've heard the question before. You are not the first student to have this problem. You are not alone. When I give my writer's workshops, I always ask, you know, I say, okay, so I've given you this list of nine different problems that students have with writing. How many of you see at least one? And like almost all the hands go up. And I say, okay, look around. You are not alone. And I've had students give me feedback saying, I always thought I was the only one who had problems with run-on sentences or creating a good thesis statement or figuring out how to compare and contrast. No, you're not alone here. Lots of people have these problems. But if you never come and ask us for help, we won't be able to help you. Remember that consistent low-stress effort beats high-intensity, high-stress prep every time. Mm-hmm. That means put time in regularly on papers, projects, and studying instead of cramming everything in at the last second. Remember the trade-off. You get two out of the following three, fast, correct, and low stress. Assuming your grade matters, because who doesn't want the grade, that's correctness. 
So you can choose either fast or low stress, but you cannot have both. Now teachers, we haven't forgotten you. Here's how you can use this information to help your students so that they stop coming to you with, but I stressed out really a lot and I was up all night and I should get a better grade. First, have clear instructions. And yes, we mean rubrics for your assignments. Go look at our episode 42, which we talk about exactly how to do rubrics. If you don't tell your students what you're looking for, they will not know. Saying write a research paper or write an essay or you know, if you don't give them a set of guidelines to look at and say, this is what the teacher's looking for and I will do that, how can we expect the students to know what the heck it is that you want them to do? Explain what you're looking to see from them, how this assignment fits in with the course learning objectives, what you want them to get out of doing this assignment, and be very, very clear so that if a student has a rubric and they go down through it and use it as a checklist, if they've met everything on that checklist, they should at least get a passing score. Work with your students, but set a deadline beyond which you don't check full drafts. So in my classes, I set a 72 hour rule. And that means I do not look over full drafts 72 hours or earlier before they are due. If students want feedback on something specific, like I'd like you to look over my thesis statement or I'd like you to check this paragraph on this theory, or I need help with my conclusion, then I'll happily check on that, but I'm not going to review the full draft. So that's what we have for you in episode 62. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help even more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. And we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 63, when we'll talk about how to ask better questions in class. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.